Hi, this is Martin Fowler, and you're listening to the Agile Uprising. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Agile Uprising podcast. I am your host, Troy Lightfoot, and today I have with me a very special guest, a good friend of mine, and an amazing Agilist and trainer and coach and everything else under the sun, uh, Chris Lee. Hello, Chris. Hey, Troy. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Do you want to give the folks maybe a brief 30-second intro about who you are, and then we'll get started? Absolutely. Folks, first, thanks for tuning in. Um, this podcast has uh, connected me to a lot of great people out there in the world. So if you enjoy all of the stuff that Troy and the rest of the team does at Agile Uprising, p- please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's wonderful. Uh, my name's Chris Lee. Uh, if you go ahead and you're looking me up right now, the last name is two letters, L-I, not L-E-E. Uh, I'm one of the lucky people that gets a chance to connect with folks from all over the world. Uh, while it's in the Agile space, uh, focusing on teamwork, their professional and personal development. It's great. I get to work as a leadership and executive coach, uh, trainer, a whole bunch of good stuff. You, you can hear more about me later on, but if you want to take a look a little bit about uh, what me and my team are working on, you can take a look at sparkplugagility.com uh, for all the fun stuff that we've got going on. And I love hearing from new and former students. So hope you all are doing great. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Chris. And Chris, um, I actually took one of Chris's courses a little while back. It's like a train the trainer course. So how to become a better trainer. So an excellent course. We, we He can plug that at the end. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, uh, well, thank you, Chris, for joining. So today is episode two of a series that I started. Um, and it's the series is basically called Rethinking Agile. And, and the first episode um, was with Ryan Ripley. And it was about his controversial post about story points. Um, and the concept of this is, are there practices... Or other aspects of of agile in general, whether that's process, whether that's mindset, regardless, that we need to kind of rethink um, and maybe do a different or not, right? And that's kind of the the gist of the series. So today is episode two, and so it's re- the title of this episode is rethinking agile. Agile is awesome, um, and that might sound funny to some of you if you're thinking, why do we have to rethink that? Um, but the reason why I'm saying that is because I have noticed personally, and Chris, you can chime in, uh, if you, if you agree or disagree, but I have noticed personally in the last couple of years, especially since COVID actually, and maybe there's a parallel, not just in, in the agile space, but there's just seemingly constant negativity about it. Um, and that's either I've heard terms like agile is dead. I hate agile. Um, agile is, you know, there's, you know, you fill in the blank about some negative thing about agile, right? Um, but that just seems like it's co- constant Forbes posts, LinkedIn posts. And usually, and I'm not trying, I'm not calling anyone out by name, but usually those posts are followed by or insert into the post some plug about some company or product that they have the answer that's the alternative to it or something like that. Um, And you know what? I'm just kind of sick of a negative post to uh, plug your own product. It's really just getting annoying personally. 
and it's kind of grating and it's not enjoyable to be around. And that's one of the it's one of the reasons why I used to be very active in the agile community. I used to go to the conferences all the time. I used to even do some talks and things like that. Um, I used to podcast a lot more, but you know, I'm just a little bit disheartened by the whole community, the state of the community. Not agile, really. It's really the state of our community and the constant negativity. And um, I, I've really disengaged. But it's the reason why I want to do this podcast is that I don't necessarily want to be disengaged. So I'm trying to rethink a little bit about what's going on in our space uh, and try to bring some zest, some some life back into it, if possible, at least from my perspective. Um, so, Chris, have you noticed what I'm describing? Have you have you seen something like that uh, in your experience? A little bit. And it's, uh, well, a decent amount, actually. And just yeah. negativity. Negativity is out there, but like that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Because like if we zoom way out and depending on if it's in a professional environment and a personal environment, hobbies, anything and, and, you know, calling it what it is. Last last three years have been tough for a lot of people in this world. So if, right. if you're listening, if you're listening out there, it's like you're like, wow, like you think back to literally three years. It's like, whoa, that's a lot. You know, lives are different. Challenges yeah. are different. Opportunities are different. Um, but the, the you do make a good point, Troy, where it's like, OK, if you're around people, it's kind of like a boat anchor. It's kind of like a drag. And, yeah. you know, in the agile space uh, for our listeners out there, I, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm relatively active. I mean, Troy, I know you were you were doing you're doing a lot of great stuff, you know, podcasting, right. talks, all that. I still do a good bit of that for the different organizations I volunteer with and for our students, but I see the people who were once like really excited about things and, you know, kind of good guiding lights on things. It has shifted a little bit because depending on if you go to a community event, or you're looking for content, depending on the people who are there, you could get like inspired, you can get excited, but far too often you find yourself in some kind of an argument or some kind of, you know, oh, let's just disagree. And, and this is something Troy and I have chatted about before. I think there's just some people out there that, you know, and there, there might be something like this in your life. The phrase I like to use is say itching for conflict. Mm. And it's like, I'm just... And it could be for a lot of reasons, could be stress in their life, could be, you know, this is how I interact with the world. And uh, and it's just like just just waiting for a chance to just, oh, let's let's just banter. And it's just like right. and and rather than solving a problem, you know, it's just more of kind of like a, a game of last word, yeah. um, you know, and kind of like what you're saying, Troy, like, here's this thing. Here's this problem, by the way. Click here, my organization can, you know, here's another wonderful new tool to, it's like, uh, so I think it kind of permeates not just agility, but it's, it's in different communities, it's in hobbies, it's in video games, it's everywhere. So, I mean, I'm seeing it and it's hard to, it's hard to not get pulled down by that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I will say it's not only agile community, right? To be fair, like you said. Um, you know, Chris and I play a game actually called uh, Destiny 2, and we mm -hmm. do that as a hobby on the side on a weekend sometimes and things like yeah. that. And um, and that it's the same thing. It seems like in the last couple of years, um, really, the community has just gone sour. It's just nonstop negativity. Yet people still play the game all the time, except this time they play the game and they do nothing but complain and argue. And I'm like, well, what's the, what's the point? If you don't enjoy something, like, why do you even want to talk about it? But I think they like complaining. Maybe they like the constant 
negativity feed. And I have seen the same thing in our own community. And it's not to your point, it's almost like everything sucks. Like no matter what it is, there will be um, a new movie that comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll get a little bit of hype, maybe some critics will like it or something. And then you'll go on social media and, oh, this is movie's terrible. It's horrible. It's just a matter of what it is, you can't enjoy it. And it, it really seems like that has permeated into our own community. And in the form of either tools, frameworks, certifications, trainings, you name it, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, somebody's going to complain, somebody's going to write a, a LinkedIn post about it, and then promote their own thing on top of it. And I, it's just so, at that point, I'm just, I just don't respect it. I'm just tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to have anything to do with it. I want to address maybe the elephant in the room last week, or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I did a podcast with Ryan Ripley, mm-hmm. who was basically talking about how he doesn't really like story points and an alternative way of doing things. I could see how someone would argue that that was a negative podcast. <clears throat> I, I tried to not make it negative and I don't mm-hmm. think he was, I think he's just passionate about a topic. I think mm-hmm. he wants to, he, from his perspective, he wants to improve things. Um, I, I tried to be fairly neutral, although I tend to agree with his philosophies about it. But at the end of the day, these things are tools. These things are processes and tools, and they're not supposed to be the number one aspect of Agile, the number one thing we're doing, right? It's basically just whatever tool works. If you need a hammer, you use that, right? If you need a, a pair of pliers, you use that. And whatever works for you, it's good to do. I, I just wanted to do that podcast because I thought it would be cool to shed some light on uh, some other ways of doing things, right? Um, that we normally don't get the light of day. That's kind of why I did that. But um, so anyway. So that's a little bit about um, what's going on in the world. And so I wanted to, a last thing I want to say before we move to the Agile is awesome piece. Um, frameworks, certifications, trainings, consulting, all these things. Every industry has these things, no matter what it is, right? Every industry. So if you want to get into AWS or Azure, right? If you want to get into DevOps and cloud, you're going to get a certification. Right? There's going to be a certification course you have to take. Um, there's going to be a training you probably have to go through. In order to get hired, people are going to want to see that you have certain certifications. Same with networking, same with no matter what. The Agile space is still different, right? So that's why if you want to argue the, the validity of a certain certification or how easy or difficult one is to get, I mean, by, by all means, debate that. But I find it's ridiculous to, to have these fundamental debates about, oh, you're just trying to make money. Well, that's how the world works, right? Everybody's trying to make money. And everybody in certifications and trainings and these type of, and frameworks are just part of the world and they exist for a reason, right? Um, so I sorry, soapboxer, but I'm just it's just I just get tired of it. Like there's no point. There's just there's just no point in debating it, is what I'm saying. They're just that's how the world works. And we have to just operate within it. And there reason and it works that way for a reason because it's better than not having things, right? So anyway, sorry about that. Um, okay. so let's let's move let's move on uh, to the agile is awesome piece. So Chris, I want to know what got you into the agile space in the first place? Was there an event or was there something in your life that you enjoyed so much that you said, you know what? I kind of want to do this for a living or I want to talk about this with other people. Well, I got to tell you, this uh, <laughs> this world found me. I didn't find it. That's okay. why. I, that's why I talked to it. Uh, I grew up uh, as a consultant, hands on keyboard, building software, 
think late 90s, early 2000s. If we have any listeners out there from the dot-com, dot-bomb era, you remember this. There were times when I would work on some of these longer-running things, and when you see all the money and all of the effort and all the emails and all the meetings and all the arguments, and what you do is you don't hand anything over. You hand over the binder of the system. Mm. You know, here's what it should do. And that binder costs the taxpayer like $5 million. And like right. you ask somebody, hey, can I see that thing? Oh, no, 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 no. We haven't built anything. It's like, man, that stinks. That stinks. <laughs> so, right. so for me, I always like putting something in people's hands. Like, hey, check this out. It's like if you're a chef, you're like, hey, check this sandwich out or this dish I made. And right. so when I, I got to be honest with you, man, like the first like class I went to, I remember people were like, guess where you go on Monday? And I was like, are we going to the ball game? They're like, no. And, and so I was voluntold to go to my first class. And so to check it out, I wasn't a bad student. Don't get me wrong. I I, I don't want to be that person. I'm very right. aware from that standpoint. But it's right. like, here's some of this stuff. And it's like, huh, I was a little bit curious about it. Like, okay, maybe this could, this could be kind of cool. And then the tough part was trying to build the bridge of how can this apply to my life? Because this mm-hmm. is what I tell my students. It's like, when we part ways, you got to figure out a way how to transfer this to your world. There's retention, there's transfer. And if that mountain seems too high, that negative energy, going back to what we talked about earlier, that'll go in there. So it's like, okay, here's this thing. Do I have enough of a base in it where I can apply it to my world and maybe make my life easier and not harder? And yep. so if I if I learn something that is useful or if I'm exposed to a concept or whatever that's going to make things better for me, I might become more interested and more curious. And yeah. to throw it back to you in the state of like, Video games, for example. I mean, imagine you're playing a game and you're like, wow, I'm struggling with this level or how to do this technique. Suddenly you see like a a three minute video on, oh, here's how to actually cancel this auto attack and do this. And you're like, oh, this is, this is like a game changer that can help you. And you might want to seek out more. And then that opens the door towards more people saying, hey, you shouldn't listen to that person. You should listen to this. And it's the fight for eyes and clicks. So that's a little bit for me, just kind of that, that, that delivering value getting feedback, short cycles, that seemed appealing to me. And the, the, the training thing is a whole nother thing, but like yeah. working, working in that way and kind of, kind of having things that would inform my decisions, my behaviors, how I'd want to spend my time. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff around the agile manifesto that guides those exactly those things, choices, mm-hmm. behaviors, decisions. And, and that's, right. that, that, that's, that's really like the root of a lot of it. And that's what I talk about a lot. So sorry for the long-winded answer on that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Thank you for that. Um, I'll just say uh, briefly, one of the things that made me want to get into the coaching aspect of things, I did a lunch and learn about test-driven development. And a year later, um, I got a, a call from one of the developers who was on that lunch and learn. And he said, Troy, you know, I, and he, he used to be in India and he said, Mm -hmm. Troy, I just want to let you know that I'm now living in the U S in California. Mm. And the reason why I got hired at this company in in the Valley actually was because of what I knew about test driven development. And it was your lunch and learn that got me started on that. So that leads me to, uh, the agile is awesome piece. So, Mm -hmm. um, I have in front of me, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Agile Manifesto. The Manifesto is for Agile. What's that? Software. What's that? What's that? No, don't. We don't need to tell. We don't need to tell people what it is. No, no I'm, joking, okay. I'm joking. Well, it is literally what Agile is. It's literally the definition of Agile is the Agile Manifesto. So that's what we're going to be. So when somebody tells me 
that either Agile is dead or they hate it or they hate Agile software development, a lot of times what they're talking about is either Scrum or some horrible version of Scrum, which they have an experience with. Is correct. Um, and that is not what I'm talking about when I say the word. I'm just talking about Agile as a concept, right? And that is defined in the Agile Manifesto. So I'm not going to read the whole manifesto, but all I'm going to do is take pieces of this and talk about why I think it's awesome, why I don't think it's dead, and in fact, why I think if we were able to do this more often in our own companies or at companies either we work at, if you're a coach or a consultant, or if you're an FTE somewhere, if you're able to help and live this at your company, like what what would the results of that be, right? And I'm kind of trying to show that really Agile is just an awesome thing if you think about it. And the people that created this thing, they you know nobody's perfect, right? We're all we're all um, we all make mistakes. We're all human beings. But if you just take a look at a set of values and principles, it's really hard to argue that any of these things are bad. And and I would I'm trying to argue that they're pretty awesome in general. So um, the first thing, before we get to the value, the first part of the manifesto says that we are uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others do it. And through this work, we have come to value. So the first sentence, right, is we are uncovering better ways, right? And by doing it and helping others do it. And that's kind of my example about the TDD thing, right? Like where I just help somebody figure it out and then they they figured out their own ways of doing it better than even I was doing it, right? So that's pretty awesome if you think about it. They're now saying that they have figured it out, right? They're not saying we have created uh, uh, the best framework in the world or methodology in the world, and if you just go do this, then you're going to be the best. No, they're saying by actually practicing this stuff, we're always trying to figure out a better way of doing stuff, right? I would argue that's pretty awesome. I would argue that if we had that mindset as a community, uh, and at our jobs, um, we would we would get better results because the concept is really that you're always trying to figure out new ways of doing things based off of results, based off of evidence. What do you what are your thoughts about that? A couple of things. Um, one, think about how many times you said the word argue. Right. And that's the thing. That's the environments that we're in nowadays. So right. we have to we have to argue. Right. Yeah, I was talking with I was talking with somebody once. Someone's like, I, I would argue, and not you. This is somebody else I know. Yeah, I would argue that I was, I was like, I'm not arguing. <laughs> like literally, it's like it's like. But what does it say? What does it say about what we're around if people are like that? And you know, like having like playful discourse every once in a while. That's totally fine. But I am I am completely just like I'm checked out. When I have friends that I think that they just get some social value or like zest for life or 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 meaning when it's like they can banter and it's mm. one thing when like banter it's like we're trying to solve a problem like back to the video game thing if you and i are trying to figure out the mechanics on how to get by some boss no no, no let's try this okay you know we can do that but I, I i have a group of friends that when they get together just like to argue and it's like i'll just punch out and be like yeah i gotta i gotta do something else it's like what's that it's like i think there's some there's something stuck on my car i gotta i gotta go chip off this little bug it's it's really you know um no i but take it away bring it back to the to the to the manifesto Values and principles in general is what I wanted to mention on it. Because you're, you're right. It's like, here's some things. We've uncovered some better ways. And the way I like to talk about values and principles overall is that these are things that are going to inform us when we're faced with a choice. Yeah. Or how to behave ourselves. Yep. Or where to spend our time. That's that's the way I like to think about it. And okay. organizations and teams that have a set of values and principles like this, and like Troy was saying, like these are pretty awesome. It, it can guide you in a way that will feel, frankly, pretty good. 
Yeah. If you're embracing them and like, I'll give you the example and then t- toss it back to you, Troy, but it's like mm-hmm. the discourse or the, the misalignment in behaviors, communication, how you spend your time between values and principles that are only given lip service, take the word agile out of it. That can be challenging. Right. Imagine an organization that says our employees are our number one customer. You ever heard that? Or like, yeah. you know, our employees are our top priority, something like that. Yeah. Imagine how many people work in a place like that. There's probably a bunch of you listening. But imagine somebody who says that, like an organization, you walk in, that's in the lobby. But for you to go to like an eye doctor appointment or the dentist or to pick up a loved one from the train or or like a child, that you have to fill out three forms, send four emails, get a couple of approvals and chip away at your PTO, just like get your teeth cleaned. There's a dissonance and a misalignment in that. Mm. And it's like- are our employees our number one? Pri- if we're your number one priority, why do I have to do all of these things? Oh, well, 15 years ago, this guy named Greg uh, 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 didn't fill out his stuff. It's like, okay, so how does this additive policy come from there? But it takes us away from what's important to us. And I mm. see that misalignment of behaviors, decisions, and where we spend our time. Yeah, I see that specifically related to agility because organizations don't think about Okay, if we are an agile organization, are these the choices we would make? Are these the decisions that we would make? Is this how, how we'd ask people to spend their time or their money or whatever? And right. it's that misalignment or, or not really, because th- this is, I talk about this and, and I feel obviously you could tell strongly about it, but I mean, imagine telling someone that they're important to you and then your behaviors and actions communicate something otherwise. Yeah, uh, that's hundred percent. I totally get, I get you. <laughs> so, uh, in, in, in. Uh, to prevent me going down a rabbit hole, because I want to wrap We're doing positive. Happy times. Happy times. Happy times. So, all right. Happy times. Um, new dungeons open and we're steamed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Steamed all right. Up. So, the, so I, I, I want to cover um, the, a couple, not all the values, but the first one in particular. Individuals and interactions over processes and tools, right? Every, I don't want to say every, but many of the types. There you of, go. See, there you go. Good. Nice catch, man. Any, any, uh, many of the blog posts I have read or LinkedIn posts or, you know, insert whatever you're, you're reading or hearing, podcast episode, et cetera. A lot of these things, I'll say that, are focused on processes and tools. This process is bad. My process is better. Do this, do that, right? That's the focus. And that is exactly what uh, people that are, supposed to be coaching or consulting are trying to, are supposed to be um coaching against right or around basically we're supposed to be saying hey how do we get a group of people to collaborate better right how do we get them to to try to come up with better results than they would without this type of mindset or principles and values right and so we do it as a community ourselves all the time and then we expect companies not to do it um so there's that um so individuals and interactions over processes and tools. So I'm just going to talk about why this value is awesome to me um, because it doesn't matter. It's the difference of if you've been in an environment where someone is doing scrum, right? You might have seen some really poor scrum, right? Like something that people are calling scrum, which you don't even recognize as what's in the scrum guide, for example, right? Or Kanban or, you know, insert your framework in there. 
And then you might have been in other environments where things are working really well, right? Uh, and, and things are very mature and people are having a lot of success with it. And what's the difference, right? It's the 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 quote unquote framework are, for, are the same. And you again, insert your scaling framework. It doesn't really matter here, right? Some companies are doing really well with certain frameworks, and some companies are not doing well with the same things. What's the difference, right? That's the question. And, well, it's really up to the people and how their mindset and how they take the process and tools and what the mindset is behind it, and how they interact with one another, right? The people, their own mindset the way they see the world, the way they see how they view that framework. And that has everything to do with their own mindset, right? So, and the way that they communicate and collaborate with one another, how do they treat one another when working within these process tools makes all the difference of the success of those tools or not, right? So that's why I think this value is awesome is it's basically saying that no matter what process you tool or tool you use, because they're all important, right? We need processes, we need tools. That's That's extremely important. Um, but there, it's only going to be so so good as the people and the mindset and their interactions behind them. And that's why I think things like facilitation are really um, – so I have seen people talk about, oh, why do we need uh, facilitation skills and things like that. I'm like, you don't understand. In order for, in order for like us to get the type of um, results that we want in, in, our, in our companies and our community, right, if we're supposed to be autonomous, if we're supposed to be self-organizing – Autonomy and self-organization doesn't mean just do whatever you want, right? There are there is a agreed it's supposed to be like an agreed upon outcome we're trying to achieve, whether in any process, in any meeting, and facilitation and getting people to collaborate effectively is like a key skill which differentiates like a higher performing team from a lower performing team, right? And I'm not even saying you have to have one person that knows how to facilitate. I'm saying just the concept of facilitation and collaboration and how to do that effectively. Is so important that it almost trumps any particular process and tool or tool. That's my argument. All right, there is that word argue again. Um, but anyway, uh, what are your thoughts about that uh, that value? And, and do you agree that is kind of an awesome value that if we were to if we were to live this day in and day out, that not only would the would people like it and people enjoy working in an environment, which I which I think, but also we probably will get some some great results. What are your thoughts thoughts about that? Well, I think all of them are great. You yeah. know, there's there's not, and this is the trick. People are like, I like this one more. It's like, I, I like all of them. I yeah. like all of them. But I do like how this one, you know, is presented right up in front because a thing that commonly gets misunderstood out there, like this is in my travels, is that people say, Agile says this. Anytime you hear someone says, Agile says this, it's normally not, it's normally not my peer group that would say that. Let's just put it right. 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 And, <laughs> okay. and in looking at this, the key thing to keep in mind when people see like the manifesto, notice how it's like, I say it's like two sides of a seesaw where it's like, right. hey, here's some things. And I like to talk about these as choices where it's here's something that could inform a choice. If you have a limited amount of time to spend, would you want to put that energy, that time, that emotion, that effort into the interactions with other human beings and people yeah. or would you want to spend that time bearing down on trying to make sure this bubble goes to this line or you're pushing these keys on this thing? And so it's mm -hmm. like, as a check, if there's a group of people working together and being like, okay, we have an hour together. How do we want to spend that? You know, right. obviously with intent, you can't just sit there and you know talk about the game, but it's like, if you use it as just kind of like a guiding, okay, here's something that's important to us. And this is going to inform a choice we make. It sets a lot. I mean, an example I give, I say, imagine a meeting 
where there's, you know, a group of people, like six, seven, eight people in a room, and everyone's huddled around one person, and that person is typing on a laptop, and that person looks up and says, okay, well, I need to know what you're going to do on Wednesday. And they go, I have to do this. Okay. And everybody watches right. that person type some things in, and it's like, right. okay, <clears throat> if you're, if the majority of the energy and the time go into processes and tools, right, as opposed to interacting with people, it's like, ugh, like, it's kind of like I say, which way is the seesaw tip? Like, I would want to spend my time interacting with people, like that—that's me, you know. Again, it's it's not saying that processes and tools do not have value they have a ton of value everything on everything you see here folks has value but it's here's a thing where if you have something that can guide your choices and your behaviors that'll say something like your health like something like think about like the choice like i could get a good night's sleep or i right. could stay up all night trying to clear this grandmaster nightfall <laughs> and then but, but think about it it's like bringing it back to games for and for those of you who are still listening to us thank you you're like where are you gonna talk about games again but it's like troy and i have families and it's like we could stay up but it's like we're gonna be we're maybe not gonna be as crisp the next day it's like right. i would want to value a little bit of my health and making sure i got more gas in the tank for tomorrow as opposed to let's go ahead and do this thing here it's like i still want to play the game there's still a lot of value in playing the game but it's like you know I value this sleep just a little bit more. I should probably go get some rest. So, so that right. kind of thing. That's why I think the individual's interactions over processes and tools is a great place to think about it. It's think about how would I want to spend my time? You know, and yeah. this could be, this could apply to all of them, but I, I want to toss it back to you. But like, that's kind of how I like to think about these because right. it's like, okay, here's something that is like a check. What's important to us and what's the choice we would make X over Y. Would you eat? Would you eat the salad or would you eat the grilled cheese sandwich? No, I'm just kidding. I love right. it. For, you know, for my listeners out there, you know how I feel about grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Chris. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I'm just going to briefly summarize a few of these values and principles. And then maybe we'll do like a, a kind of a final. I, I, I'm going to read a few of these. And I want you to think, Chris, which one would you like to talk about? Maybe not one in particular, but I'll leave it up to you. But what I'm looking for is how awesome is this stuff? Like, for example, yeah, yeah. collaborating with customers, right, over just arguing about contract negotiation, the ability to respond to change over following a, a just a like creating a plan and saying, oh, we must follow the plan. And the the results of this, how well we stuck to the plan are how well we actually did. That's kind of people's mindset. And I see that all the time, even in the quote unquote agile space, right? Mm -hmm. They'll have some quarterly plan and they think they'll grade themselves on how close they were to the plan. And it's like, wait a minute, the value says that responding to change is more important than following a plan, right? So why would you create a set of outcomes based on following the plan? It doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, so there's a few things, but I wanna talk about some of the principles actually. So the, one of the principles, the first one, actually, um, our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software. So when they say customer, they're not necessarily, uh, that word customer is kind of a loaded word in the manifesto for those who, who are familiar with it, um, because the people who wrote this largely were consultants. So you could look at the word customer through the lens of, for them, a customer was a company they were working at, right? Um, the Also, you could think about the end user as a customer here. But if you think about it, early and continuous delivery of valuable software, right? So now this was written in 2001, as you mentioned, when you, know, you first got started around this time period. 
late 90s and then around this time. And the world was much different right back then, right? People weren't uh, releasing every day or multiple times a day, right? So uh, unless I'm unless you think I'm wrong, but I don't think most people were at that time, right? So um, the the ability to deliver early, not more, not more output, right? Not more velocity, those things like, but early and continuously, right? There's a ton of value in that. That's why it's the highest priority. And it's not just to satisfy the customer. It is how we're going to do it. Well, we're going to we're going to work in such a way which allows us to get to market sooner, right? To get feedback faster and continuously. And, and that kind of goes with one of the agile other agile principles, which is number nine, which is around um, quality, right? Technical excellence. Because if you don't have that, you won't be able to do it continuously. You'll be able to get things out very fast with poor quality. But the more quality issues that you have, the obviously it's going to kind of slow you down and, and it's going to hinder your ability to, at least to deliver continuously. And so those two principles kind of go together. And I think that's pretty awesome because it's not saying, hey, just you're going to get, you know, 10x the amount of productivity, right? Or you're going to get, you're going to triple your velocity or any any kind of words like this. They're saying, no, focus on early and ability to do this continuously, not only just early, right? I think that's pretty awesome. What do you think, Chris? I think it's absolutely awesome. It's, yeah. And it's, you bring up a good <laughs> yeah. point about it because yeah. it's like, hey, let's try to get something in people's hands early. Right. Like I'm a big fan of, and one of the things, any any of my my students out there listening right now if you're still listening thank you i have a big thing where i say hey we made this for you what do you think anytime right. you can put, put put something in people's hands check this out that informs you of what to do next because they might be like this is perfect like do this a million times and like you can print money it's great it's like or like hey right now like my world is like you said my world is a completely better place now because of this thank you it's like it's like that's cool I think it's completely positive. There are other ones that jump out to me too. Uh, yeah. A few, if you wanted to hear about it. Um, but there's one, there's one that catches my eye just at the moment based on, uh, based on which, which other one jumps out to you. There's the one that jumps out to me and uh, full disclosure, as if you're reading this, people, people have given, they're like, Chris, I have some feedback on the manifesto. I'm like, I didn't write it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, this is great. Thanks. So, right. uh, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> I'm just telling you what happens. Right. But there's one where when you read it, it's like, okay, here are the words. And, and the, the students that I encounter that maybe English isn't their first language, or it's like, it's kind of hard for me to read on this. And I'll read it verbatim. And I just want to expand on it because this is how I like to talk about it. You scroll down near the bottom, you'll see simplicity. The art of maximizing the amount of work not done is essential. Mm. I used to get a lot of questions on this one. Right. And people are like, wait, maximizing work not done? And, and it's like, you know, they're trying to read through it, et cetera. But that word simple, that's that's one I like to talk about. Because yeah. think about this. Regardless of the industry you're in, there's a very good chance that there's an element of written communication in your life. Chats, you know, Slack, Discord, SMS, you name it. Email, communicating through code bases, letters, always, right? Right. Um, and it's, it's funny where people are like, okay, I have so much to say. It's like, all right. But think to how many people in your life, if you've ever received an email, you get like the 1500 word email yeah. when really 15 words might've done the trick. Why write a thousand lines of code when 10 would have, 10 would have gotten the job done. 
And really right. that's the name of the game with it because I have friends that are extremely long-winded and they're like a walking blog post where it's right. like, I've never seen, I have some people I know that they're like, I've never seen someone use so many words to say so little. And, and the, the spirit around this principle is like, okay, are we, you know, this helps to guide behaviors and choices and how we, right. how we, how we uh, conduct ourselves. Cause it's like, okay, am I going to be the person that's just going to volley off thousand word email after thousand word email when, you know, okay. Have you, I mean, have you ever seen a situation like something that's overcomplicated, like where, where it's almost needless, I say needlessly complicated. I don't know, like, like making that, that, that enclave weapon crafting system in destiny Two that I just can't absolutely stand it at all. No, but it's like, yeah, that's what I mean there. It's like, yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Are we, and, and it's the questions you ask, are we overcomplicating things? And it's like, uh, yeah. I ask, I ask my volunteer groups that sometimes I'm like, are we trying to make it too complex? Like simple. And sometimes I just say, guys, simple. You know, why spend why write a hundred lines of code when 10 will do? So that, that's what, that's one that kind of pops out to me. Right. And what you just described, that very last thing, there's a term in XP called Yagni. There you go. Uh, and it stands for uh, you, you're you aren't going to need it. Um, and really that's just talking to the the human um what is the propensity, I guess might be the right word, uh, to add extra things, right? To try to what they call gold plate things, right? And it's really what is the simplest, that's the kind of concept behind TDD. What's the simplest thing we can do to try to go test something, right? To try to get some kind of value, to try to learn, right? And so that's, instead of adding extra things, let's just focus on the simplest thing and then learn from that and build on top of it, right? Okay, so we have to wrap in a second. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say one last thing about that principle because they're all awesome. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you were to, I encourage anybody, anytime to go read the Agile Manifesto at agilemanifesto.org, um, read through this. And I want you to tell me in, oh, we have an Agile Uprising Discord. It's totally free. This podcast is free. Everything's free. I'm not trying to sell you anything. So, um, and even if I was, that would be okay. Um, if, you know, people got to make money in life, right? But it's it just how it happens in this podcast, I'm not, right? So the, the Discord is free, okay? And um, so come in that Discord. If you say, Troy, I read the manifesto and I don't think it's awesome. Uh, tell me why. That's totally fine, right? As long as it's a friendly uh, discourse, uh, if you have a valid reason, that's fine. But I'm trying to suggest, not argue, but suggest, that each one of these principles in its own way and the values are awesome, right? Uh, and so number 10, which you just talked about, which is simplicity, the art of maximizing the amount of work not done. So it's talking about, right, the, the Agni concept. It's also talking about, let's focus on what not to build, right? If we can learn what, because many things that we build, people don't use, people don't necessarily like, right? So and you can think about any product that you've used, there's probably features which you've never touched, which people dislike. So what can we do to try to learn as fast as possible what not to build? And that will be maximizing the amount of things not done because just by learning that, we're actually not gonna wanna waste time on things that might not be value-added, right? And we think everything is value-added at the beginning, right? Any idea we come up with, you know, that sounds like a great idea, let's go do it. Let's spend a bunch of money. Well, let's figure out if this actually is a good idea or not. What's the simplest thing we can do, right? And that is part of that principle. Okay, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave us with this. This is I, this has been on my mind for months now. So I just want to say it at the end. If anybody's still listening, number one, thank you. 
Number two, uh, go to Chris's website, which he's going to plug at the end. And that's just a plug for, for joining me. Um, and, and number three, I don't know if you agree with this statement, but I'm going to go with it here. I'm going to just tell you what's been on my mind. My God, like, what are we doing to each other, right? Not just in the agile space, but around the world. The constant fighting, negativity, politics. It's like agile is like politics now. There's two sides. There's warring factions. And it's like, really? Is this what we got into it for? Is this it? When we are going to die or we're we're at the end of our life, right? Is that's what we're going to be focused? It's just so much noise and nonsense. It, none of it means anything, right? So how can we help people? How can we help the companies we work at? If you're an FTE, how can you help make this better for yourself? You know what? This set of values and principles is really awesome. And if we can help, if we can just do these things, no matter what process and tool we use, trust me, it's going to be awesome, right? If we can start living these things, you're going to have fun. And I know there's there's complications to life. I know there's reasons why you can't do these things, but that doesn't mean this thing is crap, right? Or it's dead or whatever. So that's my that's my ending. Um, and I'm sorry if it's a little sad or, or morbid, but uh, what are your thoughts about this, Chris? And then we got to go and please give you a plug to anything you'd like. A couple of things. I'd rather send you all out with a little bit of a smile. Think of it this way. Like, well... <laughs> Well, there's things out there that can be kind of a drag, whatever it might be, you know, we all have challenges and stuff like that. Look at it as a, hey, how am I going to spend the time that I've got and to impact people as much as we can in a positive way? That's kind of, that's kind of like one of my big kind of guiding, just, just like one of my North Star. I tell people, yeah. it's like, I get a chance to wake up every single day and do stuff that's going to hopefully make someone smile or laugh or make their life a little bit easier. And it's like, okay, how can I put some good in the world? And I tell people that I said, if you're putting good in the world, that's probably going to come back with interest. Right. That's what I tell people. It's like, so trying to put some good in the world, it's, it, it feels good. It's nice. I mean, had non-agile story. This will make you feel good. So I was in line in the drive-thru, because I like to eat. This is, yeah. you know, I was coming up, getting a little snack. And uh, these kids come up to my car. Hey, man. I'm like, hey, what's going on, dude? Like, hey, man, like, love your car. Like, I like cars. I love doing car stuff. Like, oh, what, like, what do you do? And they were talking to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like doing this and doing this. And I love making, like, yeah, I was like, I love, I tell jokes. You know, I love to, I love to make people smile. You know, try to get, you know, give them some things to like help their life out. It's just like, oh man, that's really awesome. Hey, hey, rev your car. Yeah. Well, you know, it was fun little interaction. I'm like, man, I remember that. And when I got up to the window, I said, hey, you know what? The pack of kids behind me. I was like, let me get that. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, let me get, let me just get their order. They're like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. Like the manager comes up. He's like, you sure about that? I was like, yeah, man. They're like, they're like, wow, this guy's out here. He's like a movie star. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, just do that. And it's right. like, I'm putting some good out there. And it's like, I didn't stick around. You know, I don't need like a pat on the head from you know. Car for right. but that was but that was me forever ago. Yeah. And so it's like those those kids are gonna go home and some of them might remember, but I'm pretty sure at least one of them is gonna be like, you know, remember that time I met that dude? Man, that guy was cool. Man, he bought our cheeseburgers. Man, we should do something like that. And it's like, all right, do some good. And it's like you do some good, I'll tell you right now, it feels good. Cause like, hey, maybe, 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 maybe that, maybe one of those kids, they're gonna grow up and be adults. And, you know, something, an experience like that might guide their decisions in like yeah. a moment of stress, in a moment of challenge. And it's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to put some good in the world. 
And yeah. like their choice then based on their experiences, like, you know what, I'm gonna do this instead. And who knows, that could be a decision that impacts this entire world. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris. This is an awesome story. Uh, what a way to end it. You you turn it around from my morbid uh, uh, story. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but thank you very much for that. And so, Chris, um, can you give a little bit of where can people find you? Is there anything you want to promote? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. And if you're still listening, folks, thank you very much. Um, you can find me in many places. Uh, if you go ahead and take a look at that wonderful internet and you go to sparkplugagility.com, you can see what me and my team are working on. Uh, there's a number of specific areas that we focus in on. So from uh, speaking engagements, kind of like this, and again, Troy, I hadn't said it enough. Thank you for having me on. And thanks to no everyone problem. tuning in. Yeah. Speaking events from uh, keynotes, MCs, workshops, love doing work like that. Uh, love hearing from people that way and being able to connect with agencies and organizations that want to do something. So if there's something we can do there, love to do that. Yeah. Uh, consulting is something that we love to provide. Sometimes you need to get some you know, some expertise and some advice, um, you know, being able to influence someone at their request. That's the way we think about consulting. So from a right. looking at the organization, what adjustments we can make, sales, pipeline, recruiting, human stuff, like love to do that. Professional coaching is something that uh, it used to just be on the secret menu, bringing it back to fast food. Uh, it used to just be something that was a, hey, I'd like to hire you as this. This is something now that we advertise. Um, this is some of our most purposeful and human work out there. Um, being a graduate uh, from the organizations that I'm a part of and those volunteer groups, it's wonderful. You take the world agile off of it. it it's just some of my most uh, just fulfilling work. But training is what most people uh, have, have encountered us for and what the phone rings for the most. We have a wide range of certified, non-certified, and custom-made learning experiences. Uh, that's where most of my passion is actually around what I build. And Troy mentioned it earlier. Uh, we love to work with people who are working with teams you know, leveraging different ways and approaches that can capture the agile mindset, but zooming out even more, working with instructors is what really gets me excited. Uh, if you're in, a, if if you've ever knocked on someone's door, like, hey, I've got to build a, you know, a deck on this. I have an hour to teach somebody about this. What do I do? All the way along the journey to wanting to apply for one of these very prestigious training licenses, we've developed a very very comprehensive program helping you along any step of the way a mixture of on demand learning self-paced work contextual type assignments uh and then a a, a heavily immersive program uh where we work with you and that's our train of thought series and the crown jewel of that is the trainer immersion program uh this is something that we are extremely excited about and we see very big things for so if you're listening and you build workshops if you're a coach that like builds games and stuff like that and you eat, shoot, if you do speaking and you want to learn to design a better session to get to get uh, get in some of these conferences, we would love to work with you. So if you take a look, sparkplugagility.com, you can find me on LinkedIn. Again, the last name is L-I. You see me on Twitter. I don't swipe right or swipe left, any of that stuff. But uh, <laughs> very easy to find. And uh, I always love meeting a new organization that says, you know what, I want to I want to learn some more about this, especially somebody who grew up in uh, environments that were a little bit more heavily regulated from a policy and governance standpoint uh, from my federal background. So love to Beautiful. see you folks. Please, please give us a buzz. Give us a buzz. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Uh, so I'm going to end it on that note. Everyone, you have a great week and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you.